The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241, or you can email radio at bnntv.org. Hello, and welcome to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman, and you are listening to me on WBCA LP 102.9 FM, Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. So let me just jump in like I always do. (laughs) There's never a shortage of things to talk about. And uh, sometimes I wish that things were actually boring, that there was nothing really going on. But there's so much going on, and again, as usual, there's so much to say. Let me start by relating uh, an anecdote. So last year when I was running for office, uh, running for Congress, I was uh, on an errand, and I struck up a conversation with a man. It was very brief. Uh, he was, you know, very nice. He came across as very nice. And I did say that I was running for office. It was relevant to the conversation. Uh, wasn't something that uh, kind of came out of love feel. You know, like we're talking about the weather and how it's unseasonably warm or cold. Oh, yeah. And by the way, I'm running for office now. <laughs> wasn't like that. It was pertinent to the conversation. And it was very interesting to see his reaction. He was very, again, it was, it was a very brief exchange. Um, but, you know, affable, nice. You know, but when I mentioned that part that I was running for office, he his his continence changed and he said politicians are criminals but he still wished me good luck and he wasn't saying that i was a criminal but that the politicians the the political world it's it's murky and and i would actually at this point i feel like i have to agree uh, I, I would say that, or maybe let me dial that back. Let me qualify that because to say that someone or group of people, they're criminals, that, that's saying a lot. So what I'll say is, is that there are a number of people in the political world and they've been able to get away with a number of things that you or I would never be able to get away with. Uh, We can start with something as simple as showing up for work. Now, the jobs, all the jobs that I've ever had, if I don't show up for work, if I don't then work hard, if I am not working at a certain standard, 
I mean, it's been my experience that, and I mean, I've I've never showed up not giving it my all. So let me just put that out there. I, I, I pride myself on having a, a strong, strong work ethic. But my point is, is I've never had the luxury of going in to work or not going in, <laughs> uh, you know, just, you know, just kind of staying home, kicking back. Uh, but when I do go in, when I, when I'm physically, when I'm on site, I, I, I have to work. And of course, if I'm working from home, it's no different. But, but the point is, is I don't have the option of not doing my job. Put another way, I earn every penny and, and, uh, you know, definitely pennies. Um, I earn every penny. I really do. And it's, it's galling to me that there are people in positions of power, thanks to the people, of course, right? They didn't get there on their own. Uh, they got there because they were elected by the people, or, well, actually, let me let me <laughs> let me table that. I'll get back to that in a bit. Uh, but the point is, in principle, they derive their power from the people, right? Um, so it's galling for me that there are people who derive their power from the people are supposed to work on behalf of the people. And yet they're not available to the people. They're not doing their jobs. And then you have, of course, political staffers. And they're not required. I know, I know some instances where political staffers at all levels of government are not required to do a whole heck of a lot either. And, and it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because particularly now, on the pandemic. So I guess it has been two years. And, you know, th- there have been moments where it feels like there's no end in sight. And people are concerned. They're concerned about this latest variant, Omicron. And I guess that it now accounts for a hefty chunk, the vast majority of cases that we're seeing um, of, of, you know, those that are infected with the, the coronavirus. And, and I just, I, I'm trying to figure out at what point that even the most self-serving politician, at what point is he or she going to say, you know what, I have to at least make a pretense of doing my job. But (laughs) we still have a number of people in the political world. And, you know, I would say the politicians and their staffers, and you could arguably call their staffers politicians as well. Um, And they're just not doing what they need to do. And it's, it's, I don't want to say it's heartbreaking, it's maddening, it's infuriating. And I think that I, I, really, I really see pitchforks 
I see that in, in, in the future. I, I see I see visions of pitchforks, people descending into the streets, um, because people are really reaching what I would call a breaking point, because so many politicians aren't doing their jobs. They're really not. And it's, and it's even, it's actually even worse than that. To say that a lot of these politicians aren't doing their job is one thing, but when they don't even know what their job is supposed to be, (laughs) that is, it's, it's just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. But then when you look at what it means to actually run for office, that gives you an insight into why there are so many politicians holding public office and not nearly as many public servants. Now, let me be clear. There are public servants out there. There really are. There are a number of, and I, you know, I don't really care what people think. I'm going to say that there are a number of public servants out there and they have both a D and an R after their name. Okay, so I'm speaking about Boston and then, you know, throughout the Commonwealth. And I say I don't really care because, you know, any Republican that would want to criticize me for giving praise to anybody who has a D after his or her name needs to sit down because any Republican that would criticize me for that is certainly not doing anything to grow the party, which stands at less than 10% of registered voters, the lowest since I think the late 40s. So, you know, last century. So it's, it's like, you know, for me, it's, I I mean, any criticism, I would just, I would laugh off. So there are, there are good public servants out there, people who truly care. They do get elected. And I consider them masters at kind of walking that fine line because it's not easy. Because the reality is many people who get elected, who stand up, who run and do well, these are people who've already cut deals, who are already part of the machine. And when I say cut deals, let me let me uh, jump back there. They've aligned themselves with different people, you know, to get that to get that support. And it becomes less about, what the person can actually do for the people and what the person's going to do for his or her backers should he or she get elected to office. So you have people making deals, cutting deals. You have people who are already part of the machine. And those people, uh, unfortunately, stand a better chance of getting elected. And so someone at this point might be thinking to himself or herself, well, 
aren't you contradicting yourself because you just got through saying or you said just what a couple of minutes ago or so that you know all these you know whether it's a politician public servant and I do clearly obviously make a distinction um, between the two when you're talking about public office holders um, you know you just got through saying that it's you know they're their power to do anything is derivative of the people. Well, that's true, but unfortunately, people don't get out and vote. <laughs> they really, really don't. So when you have such a small percentage of people getting out to vote, that means that the majority of a very small minority, they're running the show. So if you can get that backing, well, you know, that backing, you know, translates to people that are going to come out and vote, people that are going to get calls to get out and vote, and they're going to do it. And so now I'm going to say that it can be discouraging. That can be discouraging. That can be disheartening because... Our system is broken. But I wouldn't say that the system needs to be changed. Having said that, it's broken because you have the people who are actively, um, you know, they're, they're launching a full-on full assault on democracy. And I say that because if you don't perform your civic duty, the system isn't going to work the way it should. If you have a very, very small percentage of people who get out to vote, how, 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 how do you have representation that is working on behalf of the maximum amount of people? You don't. And so it's a little hard to decry a system that you're you're assaulting, that you're not respecting, that you're not trying to work within so that it works for you. And, and, and And that's how I would put it to someone who does complain, because you do have people who complain, and it's like, but... And then, of course, you have other people who maybe do get out to vote, but they do so and they're not really well informed. And I get tired of hearing people say, well, I don't know, she just seems so nice. Well, what happened? I mean, I I never noticed this, you know, these type of views before. You know, it seems like this person's changed. Look, Boston's a conservative city, and I, <laughs> I'm sure that there, there are going to be a lot of people who, who you know, as they're listening to this, they're going to they're gonna probably laugh or at least smile. When this episode is downloaded, people, um, you know, listening, again, they might laugh or smile. It is a conservative city. It really, truly is. But our politicians... The people who hold office, not all of them, you know, that's not reflected. That's 
probably the way to phrase it. It's not reflected because, again, people don't get out and vote. And, you know, a lot of people decide that the solution is just to move away. Well, I can't take it anymore. I vote and, you know, other people don't. So I'm, I'm just, I've, you know, it's a lost cause. And it's so funny because I know, I know a woman and she's originally from, not from Boston, but from one of the suburbs. And she, but she moved to Boston and she lived here, a homeowner for, I would say a good, like, I don't know, 15 to 18 years. And yeah, I want to say like maybe, maybe 18 to 20 even. And she got increasingly frustrated by what she was seeing. And she just said, you know, it's forget it. It's, you know, Boston's, it's, there's nothing you can do. Massachusetts, we're moving. So her family, you know, fortunately for them, they had the wherewithal to do that. Um, you know, both she and her husband had, you know, have the flexibility, had the flexibility in terms of, uh, what they do for a living. So, um, it was easy for them to find work and everything was actually all set up before they moved. So, you know, it was, it was perfect. It was, you know, it couldn't have been easier, but I picked up the papers, uh, not so long after, uh, she moved, and who's running for governor? Beto O'Rourke. So, you know, I I um I had to laugh a little bit. I, I wouldn't go as far as to say I I experienced a moment of Schadenfreude, but it was kind of along those lines because I, I said to myself, you know what, you have to stand up and fight, and I I'm not talking about you know, what some people on the political right might describe as fighting. And, and you know, quite frankly, it's, you know, the conspiracy conspiracy theorist. I, 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 I'm just, or the people who, how, how shall I describe them? Maybe they're not conspiracy theorists, but they're talking about fighting and the Constitution and blah, blah, blah. And they don't even know what's going on in their own backyard. And, and it's just, it's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, I can, I can give an example of a woman who's, quite frankly, she's execrable. And, you know, she'll rage about, you know, she, she supports Donald Trump. And, you know, she, she rages against the commies, the, the radical left, la, 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 blah, 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 blah. And she didn't even know the extent, even like three quarters of what her own district councilor was doing at the expense, you know, to the detriment, I should say, to, uh, you know, to the community in which she was living. So, you know, you're raging about the Constitution, Donald Trump, the election was stolen, but you don't even know what your district city councilor's up to, or you have an idea, but you don't even know the half of what she's done that has actually hurt the community that she's supposed to represent. 
sit down, sit down and stay down. I just, I don't have time for those people. So to get back, though, to my original point, we, we had a few uh, digressions there. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're in for, we're in for a rough time. And as I said, you know, the political world, uh, it's, it, it's, it's populated by a number of people who just, whether they don't do their job or they don't know what their job entails. Okay, so let me just really just, you know, you know, several digressions, but let's just get back to to the main point. It's, it's, that's what we're up against. And so let me, let me give uh, an example of that. Now, this might not go down well (laughs) with some people, but I I have to, I have to throw it out there. Um, Mayor Wu. Um, she's doing a number of things that they're either ill-advised or she's making promises that she herself alone can't keep. And so it's, it's frustrating Again, it's it's really frustrating because, again, we're we're in a we're in a difficult time, we're in a tough time, and there doesn't seem to be any end in sight. And and quite frankly, I'll be honest. I think that the coronavirus, it's real. There's some people on the political right they're going to say that it's it's a hoax or it's not you know not true i mean i'm i'm sure that there are people on the political right uh interestingly there are some people on the political left who might say that too it's you know politics makes strange bedfellows as they say but you know there's some people um on the right at the very least they downplay it right they downplay it i'm not going to do that what I'm going to say about the coronavirus is that um, I think it can be very serious. I think it can be fatal. I think that it's enigmatic because in many ways we don't know how it's going to hit someone or who it's going to hit. I mean, it can hit anyone. So, you know, for a while... There was this idea that it could only hit people of a certain age. Okay. Um, and then it was just like, well, okay, it can, it can hit young people as well. It can, you know, young people can be um, affected too. And I always knew this, but I'm, I'm talking about the, you know, the general belief, the widespread belief. So you have that. But what's interesting is that, again, and I don't want to use the word fascinate, but I, I've been very interested in, in that you don't know how, like if someone gets the coronavirus, you don't know how bad it's going to be. So some people have gotten 
It's It's been akin to a mild cold. Other people, it's been like a nasty case of the flu. Other people, it's maybe a little bit more serious than that, but they don't need to go to the hospital. And other people, they've had to fight for their lives. And other people, of course, yes, it's been fatal. So it's very much a real thing. I personally don't want to take any chances um, to find out, you know, how how bad it could affect me. So I try to do what I can. I try to exercise caution. I try to access, you know, use common sense. I try to sift through, you know, all all the information that's being thrown out there. A lot of which hasn't been, you know, when you're talking about what's come from the government, a lot of it, it it hasn't been, um, quite frankly, coherent. And, you know, you have the different levels of government. You know, they're not working together well, still. (laughs) One city to another, it can vary. So it's, it's been a bit of a mess. So I try to be smart. And I try to exercise caution, but it's, um, having said that, I, um, I don't want to live my life in fear either, right? So I get back to Michelle Wu. So I'm going to use her as an example, Mayor Wu. Because of the uncertainties, we don't know how the virus is going to hit. We don't know when and how and where it's going to spread or how quickly it can spread. I mean, there are instances where you would think that it would spread. And then there are others where you don't think so and people get sick. So very uncertain times, difficult times. And we just, we need people that in office, holding public office, who understand that, but they also understand what their job is and the scope of it. And it doesn't help the situation when there are people holding office and they don't, I'm not going to say she doesn't know what she's doing. What I'm going to say is there have been things that she has said and done thus far that have been questionable. Again, let me give you concrete um, examples. Free the tea. Okay. She ran on that. All right. There's, of course, a problem with that. It's not up to Boston to decide for the whole Commonwealth, whether or not the tea is going to be free. That doesn't fall within her jurisdiction. It it, it doesn't. That point was brought up. Um, But a lot of people just didn't want to hear that. And of course, the majority of the uh, the very small minority that came out to vote still voted for Michelle. Um, but it's actually even, it's not just that it would require 
cooperation with the state. And I mean, that that's that's going to require a lot of negotiation. And I just it's not going to happen tomorrow, if ever. And I just I don't know how she's going to do it. And it's not a matter of. Well, you got to dream big and be bold. I mean, I resent that because it's not that people who don't agree with progressivism. It's not that they're stodgy. They're stuck in the past. No, but there's one thing to dream big, be a visionary. And know that to get there, it's going to be tremendously difficult. Or or imagine that it's not going to be easy to get there. And then call yourself a visionary, but you're claiming to do something that you, it's not that it's going to be difficult for you to do. It's just that you can't do. So it's, she is a mayor. She can't make that decision. She needs the help of the state. That's going to be a lot of work. I think Michelle Wu has other things she needs to con- concentrate on, quite frankly. Um, and and I'll, I'll go a step further. I don't need the tea to be free. I need it to be safe and reliable. So I'm just going to leave that there. I'm going to leave that there. Um, it, it needs to be safe and reliable. But then she turns around. Money comes from federal level, and she just takes $8 million of it without having a public discussion. She doubles down, and she expands the pilot. So... Um, we go from the 28 being uh, free to the 23 and the 29. And so people are jumping up and down. Woohoo! You know, this is awesome. Well, how is it awesome? I mean, don't get me wrong. For some people, if they're traveling on these buses and they're going, you know, if, if, you know, if they're from home to work is on that bus route, great. Wonderful. It can be of benefit. And certainly some of the businesses um, can benefit as well. But a lot of the people who are taking the 28, the 29, and 23, just like the other buses, they also need to take the trains. Uh, A lot of people end up then spending, so even if they are riding the 28, 29, 23, they still have to pay money for the train. And if you have, if you've already paid for the train, unless you have a T-pass, uh, you know, if you've paid money for for the train, you can use that ticket for, uh, for up to two hours afterwards to ride a bus. You get a free transfer. So I don't know, quite frankly, what this pilot is going to achieve. And then on top of all that, on top of all that, there is, and and I love it, the press, it depends on who you are, right? If the press likes you, 
then they're going to carry water for you, right? Um, and if they don't like you, they're either going to be negative or they won't mention you at all, okay? So a lot of the press here, they like Michelle Wu. So they, surprisingly, actually, they did do a piece on um, how her pilot has, you know, their issues related even to her pilot because of the length of the time. Um, but it was referred to, I think, as like a, a snafu. I mean, come on, it's it's not it's it's not a snafu. Uh, they you know they also talked about her plan referred to it as ha- having hit a snag, and it's like, but it's not a snag. <laughs> this is a serious thing. So, uh, according to the Commonwealth article, it came out about a week ago, you know, six days ago. And the MBTA, uh, I'm, and I'm looking at the article, I'm reading from the article, raised concerns about a Federal Transit Administration guideline requiring pilot projects to be made permanent or canceled after six months. The T is concerned that the proposed Boston Fair Free pilots, if they run beyond six months, would become permanent and could trigger a negative equity finding if fares rise again when the federal funds run out. And I just, I'm, I just, I don't know what to say. I don't. And, you know, people just have to start voting in larger numbers. They do. And, I mean, I get it. There's some people, not just on the left, the right, as long as they hear the words, the issue, you know, or the candidate speaking about the issues that they like, they're going to vote for that person. And that's unfortunate. But then that makes it all the more important for the maximum amount of people to get out and vote. And people have to ask questions. I'll say this. When I was running for office, I expected people to ask me questions. You know, I hold myself, I don't, you know, I hold myself to the same standards. It's not like I expect questions to be fired at this candidate or that candidate. But then, you know, when I stood up to run, I I didn't want to take any questions. No, I I mean, I, I answered questions from people who, quite frankly, had no use for me or my politics, but I had to be able to answer the questions, period. Uh, so this is very frustrating for me because Michelle Wu, she should, I mean, you, again, I talk about how difficult the times are. People are upset. People are frustrated. Um, uh, there's very much, um, people have dug their heels in one way or the other. And it's, you have to have people who are experienced, who are skillful, and who can navigate. I, I don't need to make history anymore. I never really did. And, and I, I you know, I'm going to try to talk to that if I can, because we focus a lot on making history. 
But when you're talking about politics in this day and age, these people, they're not making it. I mean, technically, yeah, they're making history. But when I was growing up, to make history, the meaning, the, the, the idea was that at the end of the day, these people had to struggle. That's what it ultimately meant. Or it was a tough road. These people are just slotted into their 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 seats. They, you know, they benefit from a lot of money, a lot of infrastructure support. You know, but they would have you believe that oh, the road's been long, and oh, and it's just I'm proud of how I got to where I am, and oh, this is just such an achievement. It's no, you ingratiated yourself with the right people. You're part of the machine, and you've just moved around. You've jockeyed, you jockeyed to, you know, to get yourself into a favorable position that you could then use to get into a seat. And then what we have now is a lot of people, another one of my digressions, you got to love my digressions, but they're never unrelated, though. They're never unrelated. I always get back to the main point. Um but you have a lot of people who run for office now, and it's not necessarily the office that they actually want, but they use it to better position themselves to run for something else, which I find disgusting. But another story for another time. But the point is, is that we need people now who are skilled. And quite frankly, Michelle Wu, I want Michelle to succeed. I do. I want Michelle to do fabulously well, or at least moderately well, because I love my hometown. And this is a city that's been very good to her. She's put down roots here. So I would hope that she has love for the city too. But she's doing things already that have me frustrated. Okay. So again, you ran on something, you made a promise. It amounted to a promise you shouldn't have done that or she shouldn't have done that, right? Um, Then she gets the money without a public discussion and just allocates that. She just doubles down. Okay. But then the feasibility, I mean, it's the benefit is limited in its short term. Okay. Then on top of all that, not only... To make this permanent, not only for the buses and trains, not only would she have to work for uh, work with the state, so again, <laughs> wasn't too feasible, uh, wasn't feasible at all. She shouldn't have made that promise. But even her pilot program, which she put into place, you know, her it, I, I look at it as an act of defiance. She had, I mean, I... I I don't know how she could have done that without considering this issue on federal level. Like, how did that, how did she not know that? How did this escape her? I don't understand. And so now she's got to take time to try to work with 
people on federal level to see what she can do to keep her two-year program, pilot program, in place. But she should have already known what the parameters were before she acted. I don't get that. I don't. It would have been bad enough if she were city councilor and pushed for something and was successful. But it, it, it had all these different flaws in it. But she's the mayor. And then, of course, she's come out with the vaccine mandate. So I have to talk about that. So like I said, I go on a lot of digressions, but they always I always can like pull them back to the main point. Now I said that I have I take the coronavirus seriously, but I'm not going to live in fear. And I'm going to be respectful to other people because not everyone has the same comfort level. People have different experiences, different positions, perspectives. I have to respect that. I don't live by myself, so I have to be respectful. But I don't agree with this mandate. I don't. I don't, and I don't agree with restaurants and gyms and places of entertainment having to abide by this this is this is going this is not going to go well um but what i'm going to do now is i am going to take a break um we're going to take a little break because i've just thrown out a lot of information i've said a lot of different things and i just want all of this to kind of digest um but when we come back i do want to talk about uh, the mandate uh, a little bit more because I do think that it's, I, I, I have issues with it. And so, again, I'm going to try to be fair in what I say because even though I'm very blunt, or at least that's what I've been told, right? Um, or at least that's the perception. I'm not rude and I do try to be fair. So when we come back, We'll talk more about this mandate. My mother was very familiar with her neighborhood, but one day she stopped at the stop sign and she wasn't even really sure where she was at. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. You went car shopping, you meant business. You ace vehicle history searches and test drives. Now you've got your wheels. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hello, and welcome back to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman, and you are listening to me on WBCA LP 102.9 FM Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. So we just took the briefest of breaks just to kind of take a little bit of a time out because I've been talking about the political world, how it's really quite murky, how it's really, it's, it's populated by people who, um, quite honestly, 
not everyone is 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 there for the people not everyone um is there because he or she wants to make a difference and it's a means to an end and and that's unfortunate and so at the top of the show i was talking about how not everyone always um is is hard working we we have people who are not necessarily um uh too too uh enthused by the idea of of work uh and particularly hard work but the bigger problem is when people don't know what they're doing um or i'll be more tactful are not aware fully aware of the scope of their job and so i'm talking about mayor wu Again, I want Michelle to succeed. I want Mayor Wu to succeed. But talked about, you know, free the tea that, um, you know, that that whole thing there. And it is a whole thing. Um, but the vaccine mandate. I think that there are a lot of reasonable people out there. I think that people on both sides, I don't like either of them. You know, you have people who swear, oh, natural immune system, herd immunity. While I do think that there's something to that, I also think that you have to take precautions. And I also think that you have to respect, again, other people because you don't live, unless you live on a commune and you never leave that commune, <laughs> uh, and, and the commune is completely self-sufficient, you you're going to encounter a number of people with varying ideas and they have to be respected or at least acknowledged and i find a lot of people are not really willing to do that isn't that something but to get back to you know this mandate i don't see it as being a good uh, a very good idea um I'm concerned about the hospitality industry. I'm very concerned because people, people are upset. People, there's been a real lack of coordination, as I, as I said before we went to break, between the, the different levels of government that's been ongoing in regard to information on the virus and, and, and precautions uh, that should be taken. and measures you know appropriate measures that should be put in a place to keep everyone safe and while seemingly government at all levels is is just kind of fiddling we the people are burning <laughs> our ventures are burning i mean there's some people who've been absolutely fine but interestingly a lot of those people are either politicians <laughs> are actually, yeah, politicians, people, you know, or people who are connected to them. And isn't that something? But so many other people, they have suffered greatly. And the hospitality industry has, has been hit so hard. The gym industry has been hit so hard. Um, and and I'll say that recently that you know the Gyms Act that was that was passed I was very happy about that 
And I actually got a message from Senator Markey, and I was very glad, I was very happy that he pushed for that because the Jim's Act, uh, which, you know, allowed allowed funding for the health industry, the, you know, the gym industry, um, it was it was a great it was a great boost because a lot of people have talked about the restaurant industry, the hospitality industry, but they haven't talked about the health industry, the gym industry, and they've been really hard hit too. Um, and and I will of course say that I do think that Marky is a politician, <laughs> but then I'll, maybe I should have several categories, huh? Um, but he is a politician that understands the scope of his position. Um, and he is a politician, although I disagree very much with many of his views, positions. This this was a good thing. This was a good thing. Um, but to, to get back to the vaccine mandate that Wu wants to push, I'm not so sure that just like her, you know, T pilot program, I'm not so sure that this is something that um, acknowledges, if you will, or or um, re- respects what is being said, or, or or what has been determined, or what has yet to be determined on other levels of government. So it's. I, <laughs> I just, I feel like Michelle can be bold. I, and, and, and forgive me, when I, when I address Michelle Wu by her first name, Mayor Wu, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I do know her. Don't at all pretend to have a friendship. It's nothing like that. But I have interacted with her, uh, you know, a few times, more than a few times on a personal level. So that's, you know, that's why. And I think that in general, Boston even if people don't necessarily know each other, um, you know, they might refer to someone as, you know, if it's if it's an elected official, I should say, um, they'll refer to that elected official by, by his or her first name. So let me just put that out there to the people who are outside Boston who might be a little less familiar with our culture. But, um, you know, look, Michelle can be bold. Michelle can be all 50 shades of bold, but Michelle needs to, when she puts a plan into place, she needs to be sure that it's not going to run counter to what's being said or some law or some regulation or some statute on another level of government. Because we're talking about local government, municipal government. Right. So it can't run counter to state or federal. It just simply can't. And. As I said, I'm concerned about the hospitality industry. I'm I'm concerned about the gym industry. What. What are these different establishments supposed to do? There are some people who are already saying they don't want. To spend their money at establishments that are going to follow this, you know, this, 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 you know, this uh, mandate that's going to be implemented. So what's, what's going to happen to these businesses? 
I mean, I think there was maybe a slight rebound for some, uh, for some in the industry, but it, it's still been largely precarious. And I just, I, I the mayor is going to have to do more than just work with these different businesses to make sure that the mandate's in place. And and I really don't think she should be doing it. I really, I, I strongly disagree with it. I think that she needs to educate people. <laughs> um, and I think she needs to, to push for, this is, this is <laughs> this issue. I think she needs to push for, um, safety for sure but the mandate it's just i i just don't think that it's the best way to go about keeping people safe i i don't um and i don't think that she's just been elected but i i don't think she's been doing a good job thus far of, of just really working with people and collaborating and, and listening. And it's just, I, I think that this is, this is going to be more than anything. This mandate is going to result in a punitive measure. And I think it's important to understand that the culture and, 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 and people and that, She's got a job to do, and I understand that. And there might be times when office holders have to make decisions that are highly unpopular. I get that, too. I still don't think this vaccine mandate is, is the best way to go about keeping people safe. I don't. And, and I think that the harm that's going to be done is is going to outweigh largely outweigh the benefits. I do so. I I just obviously I'm concerned about my health, the health of others in Boston, but I'm also concerned about the financial health. <laughs> so not only the physical health, but also the financial health. And quite frankly, I'm concerned about the mental and emotional health. So. There's just a lot of issues in place right now, um, or at play, and I'll continue to talk about this. And I think that my next show, uh, in fact, I'm sure of it, uh, because because this this issue, I'm talking about politicians and and talking about um, how things work, the political world, and how it's impacted us, and particularly during the pandemic. I think it deserves, I think it deserves a fair amount of attention. But that's all I have time for, unfortunately, today. Um, again, this has been Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman, and I look forward to hanging out with you next week. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass., 02119, attention WBCALP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 
3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.